Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Well, I just kind of had this kind of drop on me on on Sunday, just almost the whole thing. And then as I got into it, I went, now, wait a minute, Lord, that sounds just like something Brother Doug talked about just a few weeks ago. But, you know, I told that Kendra, she goes, oh, we need to hear it again. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. So anyway, it's uh, maybe a little different slant, you know, of what we're going to be talking about. But I'm going to give you the title right off. And it's called Joy for the Journey. Hallelujah. God did not intend for us to go through this life anything other than with joyful hearts. You know, I was raised in a denomination where we sang a lot of songs about heaven. We sang a lot of, sang a lot of songs about how bad it is here. Oh, just a few more weary days and then. Oh, some glad morning. How about tomorrow morning? How about this morning? It's not some glad morning over in the sweet by and by. How about right now? God never intended for you to go through life downcast about anything. He didn't intend for you to go through life troubled about anything. He didn't intend for you to go through life worried about anything. He didn't intend for you to go through life depressed about anything. He didn't intend for you to go through life wondering about anything. He intended for you to go through life with a joyful heart. Hallelujah. And not just because you have a personality that's joyful. Because a bunch of you don't. You can see it during praise and worship. Uh, too bad there's not a video running tonight. I'm telling you what, joy is what you are. Paul said, he said this in Acts 20, 24. He said, I might finish my course with joy. He wasn't talking about the end of the race, folks. He was talking about the entire thing. From start to finish. Sometimes we find ourselves when we get born again starting off really good. I mean, I'm excited. My life is different. My life has changed. God God has has saved me. I'm born again. I'm on my way to heaven. And after a little while, it just kind of goes. Sometimes kind of like marriage. You start off, man, it's, 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 it's fireworks. And after a while, things just kind of settle into a kind of an, uh, an even flow. And that's, where peop- and that's where people can get discouraged about it. You know, and in life, even with following the things of God, you know, we can get excited in the beginning and kind of along the, the pathway when we just have to deal with the everyday things of life, we begin to lose sight of running my race with joy, that there's joy for the journey. God knows that not everything is going to be wonderful as far as this world is concerned. He knows that there's going to be bumps, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, you know, things that come in, 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 into our lives, challenges crisis, all this kinds of, but he still says you can run your race with joy from start to finish. You can run your race with joy. There is joy in the journey and it can be a wonderful journey. It's supposed to be a wonderful journey. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. How much better can that get? 
But if you're, if you're concerned about whether you can do this or not, Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. That is the fruit of the recreated human spirit. When you got born again and suddenly the life of God came on the inside of you, God put his joy on the inside of you. Not yours. Your natural joy level, whatever it may or may not be, is not enough to get the job done. So he put his joy on the inside of you. And sometimes we forget to see it, the fact that it is his joy. It's his joy. Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's the joy of the Lord. It's the joy that God has that is my strength. Not just, okay, I'm going to rejoice, I'm going to rejoice, and I'm going to try to make this happen. No, 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 no. You have to understand, the joy of the Lord, the one who in Zephaniah says this, the Lord thy God. In the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over you with singing. Woo-hoo-hoo. You know what? There are some translations of that where it says he will rejoice. It says he spins and dances. He rejoices over you with singing. See, no matter matter what's going on, no matter how good you're doing as far as, you know, what we consider good, you know, we're having a good day, a bad day, bad day, God still rejoices over you with singing. He still spins and dances around because you are the joy of his life. You are the apple of his eye. You're the object of his affection. You are the one that he sent his son to die for, and he rejoices in you. That's the joy we're talking about. If he can rejoice in you like that, about you, for you, surely we can muster up enough on the inside of us to delve in there and pull out the joy that he's put on the inside of us and walk through anything that life throws at us. Mm -hmm. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Psalm 118, verse 24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's much more than just, Oh, thank you, Lord, for another day. This is the day that the Lord has made. You know, you sometimes, maybe you ought to get, try getting up first thing in the morning and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. The people you go to work with will appreciate that when you get there. Just don't say amen too much here over here, Pastor. There are days, you know, and, there, and, and I'll be honest, I'm not, I have not been a morning person for a very long time. And there are times when I come in the office and Kendra's going, oh, good morning. And I'm going, hey, that's not really letting the joy of the Lord come through. You know, and, and we think, oh, that's just so sweet. That's just so cute. No, no, no. There is something very vital about the joy of the Lord. There is something very necessary about the joy of the Lord because it keeps you in the place that you need to be no matter what comes up. 
It keeps you stable. It keeps you steady. It keeps you grounded in the things of God, just knowing that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, you know, well, how do you do that? Well, how do you keep that? Well, no, you know, Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that's in you. Well, you know what? One of the gifts that's in you is the joy of the Lord. You can stir this thing up. You can just, you can, you can make it bigger. You can let it just, just dwindle down. You know, but Jude talks about, uh, let's see, Jude said, uh, where is it? Right here. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. My heavens, there have been so many times, and and, and I'm thinking of one right now, where, you know, where honestly, I just didn't know which way to turn. I didn't know what to do. Pressure was there. You know, it's just everybody was looking at me for answers. You know, it was a situation with my dad before he went home to be with the Lord. And, and, And I just got in the car and had to make another trip back to Jacksonville unexpectedly in the middle of all this stuff. And I'm just going, Lord, I don't know what to do. And then I went, yes, you do. You need to get yourself built up. And so I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And it wasn't too long before there was some rejoicing going on. You know, if you feel like you, you, know, you can't quite manage it today, you better build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Stir that joy back up on the inside of you. Well, one of the ways, other ways you can do it, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. If you have to start rehearsing the benefits that you're enjoying because of your, ability, because of your life in Christ, then that's what you do. But I tell you what, the more you look at the benefits, the more joyful you're going to get about some things. Look back at what he's done for you. And if it's the same yesterday, today, and forever, what makes you think today's any different than yesterday when he blessed you? What makes you think tomorrow's going to be any different than today? It's not. Romans 15, 13 says, Now the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope, which is confident expectation, through the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. You know, the God of all hope, he's going to fill me back up. And it really, it's not, it's not so much a, a, it's a refilling. You know, there's, it's already there. But in what quantity depends on us. In what value depends on us. In what measure depends on us. You know, Psalm, the psalmist David, and he wasn't even a new creature in Christ. He said, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. And he didn't understand what salvation really was all about. He had not a concept of the salvation that you and I enjoy. And yet he, he recognized, Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. And like I said before, you can't really restore something that's already there, but you can make it bigger. You can bring it to the forefront. You can put it out front instead of all this other stuff being out front. Hallelujah. Proverbs seventeen twenty two says, A merry heart does good like a medicine. The Young's literal translation says, a rejoicing heart does good to the body. You know, the old slogan, milk does a body good. Joy, it does a body good. The Rotherham translation said, a joyful heart works an excellent cure. An excellent cure. So, you know, it's, it's hard to get people to understand, you know, that, that you know, when, you, when you're in faith, you pray about it one time. And after that, you just thank God. 
What does thanking God do? It keeps your joy level up where it belongs. Thanking God keeps your joy level at a place that's full. And when you lose sight of being able to praise God, you will lose the capacity to enjoy the joy that God has already given you. Hallelujah. But you say, well, it's just not my personality, you know. Well, I'm not talking about going up and jumping up and down and hollering. There's a quiet joy. There's an exuberant joy. There's a steady joy. But you know what? Whenever there's joy being made manifest in the service, you ought to jump in. God is trying to give you a booster shot. You know, over the years, you know, growing up, you had all these vaccines as kids, you know. But every once in a while, you had to have a booster shot. Sometimes we need a booster shot of joy. And if you come into a service and we're getting just a little beside ourselves, he's trying to give you a booster shot. That's just not me. It better become you. You're going you're to you're tell me that you're going to let your natural personality override what God has put in on, on the inside of you? You're going to let it override the character and the nature of God that's residing on the inside of you? That has to be a deliberate action. And when you stop and think about it in those terms, you should be ashamed of yourself that you sit there and do nothing in a joy service. Big amens right there. We've all done it. We have all done it. Distracted by other things, our minds somewhere else, just in a foul mood. Nobody can see it a lot of times, but on the inside, you're just kind of kind of gnarly. But when somebody comes along, you go, oh, hey, it's good to see you. Yeah, 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 it's nice to see you. Doing good. Oh, yeah, doing good, doing good. And on the inside, you're going, let me just get out of here. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> And I bet you have too. But you know what? You can't, don't stifle the manifestation of God's presence. That's what you're doing. You are quenching his presence. His very presence. The very thing he is trying to help you with. You are quenching that. You know, and it, and it, it really it starts with just learning how to engage during praise and worship. There is a joy that comes with a fast song. There's another kind of joy that's built up in a slow song. You know, a fast song, you're just rejoicing that God is just so good and he's been so good to you and he's blessed you and he's answered you and he's done so many good and great things. And you get to a time of worship and you're just rejoicing in that God is just God and he loves me and he's worthy to be praised. There's a, there's a joy in that. And we ought to completely and fully participate in that every time we come together. You know, but engage, respond, respond. Whatever is going on in the service, respond to it. He's trying to help you. He wants you to enjoy life every day. He doesn't want you to think, well, I had a good week last week. This week, not so good. You know, next week, hopefully we'll be better. (laughs) Well, there's a big faith statement now, isn't there? Hopefully it'll be better. No, it will be better. God says it's better. 
God says it's going to be wonderful. God says that everything I need is mine. His grace is sufficient for whatever I need to get through. His, his answers are always there when I need them. There's nothing he withholds. No good thing will he withhold from me. Every good thing he supplies, he showers it down from heaven. I mean, hey, there's, there's joy for this journey if you will just take advantage of it. Just take advantage of it. I've got so many scriptures written down here. Let me see. Psalm 35, 27, it says, let them shout for joy and be glad. Every once in a while, you need to shout. Even if nobody else is around to help you shout. You shouldn't need help to shout. You should be able to shout in your bathroom, shout in your bedroom, shout in your car, shout in the closet at work. You know, wherever you have to go to shout, you, you can shout. You don't, you don't need a shout. It's nice to have a shout buddy. It is. It's nice to have a shout buddy. It kind of helps us bring it all out. It's amazing the influence that somebody else will have on our ability to get with it and shout. But you know what? You need to learn to shout on your own. Shout for joy. When it doesn't look good, start shouting for joy. Well, what's good is that going to do? Well, it seems to me like a shout of joy brought the walls of Jericho down. Hmm. My, my, my. How about that? Some big old walls that three chariots could, could ride along just went boom. All because of a shout. I don't think you have any Jericho-type walls. But whatever walls you got that seem to be in your way, you can shout them down. Shout for joy. In the middle of it, shout for joy. And see those walls come tumbling down. Hallelujah. We used to sing a song around here, and every once in a while, I think Brother Steve pulls it out if we're having a real rejoicing service. It's, it's this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And it goes on and says, and the world can't take it away. It's not anybody else's joy, but God's joy that's on the inside of me. And nobody takes that from me. I willingly give it up. If it's not there, it's because I willingly gave it up. Well, no, Pastor Angela, I didn't. Oh, yeah, you did. Well, I didn't mean to. Well, then you weren't paying attention. Just weren't paying attention. Listen, you need to, you need to realize when your joy level, level is ebbing. I, I, I just, this morning I was, I, I don't know, I was getting dressed or something, and, and this came to me. Joy is an indicator of your spiritual condition. It's an indicator of your spiritual condition. You know, there's a gas needle or gauge in your car, and it tells you when it's almost empty. Some of you need one of those gauges. If you, need, if you need some help, you need, we need to find you a joy gauge so you can figure out when your joy gauge is, is getting bad. But hear this. Um, you have been, this is what the Lord told me, you have been immunized from the effects of this world. When you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, you were fully and completely immunized from the effects of this world. And a lack of joy or a diminishment of your joy is an indicator of how well your spiritual immune system is functioning. Mm-hmm. 
you know, back in 2001, we had gone to Seattle, Washington for one of Brother Hagin's Holy Ghost meetings. And just before we left, I noticed something really, you know, just bugging me right here. I thought it was just a bite of some kind. And we got out to Seattle and didn't know what it was. And, you know, it just got, got getting, getting worse and pain and all kinds of things. I had no idea what it was. Went to find a doctor out there and they didn't really know. And so we just, we'd got on a plane. We came back home and went to my doctor and he took one look at it and goes, you got shingles. I mean, my heavens, that was 2001. I'm going, you know, I'm, I'm kind of young for shingles. I usually hear of somebody being, you know, older getting shingles. And he said, I'd really like to know what's going on with your immune system that you popped out with shingles. And I thought, well, I have no idea. A couple of months later, I found out I had cancer. You know what? There are times when your joy level being low should indicate something to you that there's something more going on that you need to address, that you need to get fixed. Some people get offended, and boy, their joy level goes, it goes, just tanks. That should be an indicator something's wrong that you need to fix. Some people get bitter about something, should be an indicator when your joy level, because your joy does not, if you got all this stuff going on, there ain't no joy going on. The joy level is about nil. You know, and sometimes it's just little things as it, as it begins to creep in. As you find there's no joy in going to church, there's no joy in praying, there's no joy in, in, in your Bible, there's no joy in being around other people that are, that are people of God. Something's wrong. It's trying to tell you, look for the problem and fix it. And if we're honest with ourselves, we usually know what the problem is. We're just trying to avoid looking at the problem. We're trying to be in, we're just being in denial is what we are, that there is a problem that needs to be fixed. But if your joy level isn't up here on a constant level, you got something, you got some work to do. You got some, something you need to work on. You need to find out what it is. It might be something really big. It might be something not so big. But regardless of what it is, if it's affecting your joy level, then you need to find out what it is and get your joy level back up. So many times over the years, I know people have come to me and they're just, they're just a basket case. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. And I'll look at them all the time and say, well, number one, you need to get your joy back. If you don't have any joy, you'll never find any peace. And if you don't find your peace, you'll never find the answer that you're looking for. You know, it's, it's an indicator that, that works. If it's righteousness, peace, and joy, joy is the indicator that goes backwards. When there's no joy, then that affects your peace, that affects your ability to walk in righteousness, that affects your ability to hear from God, that affects your ability to know what to do. It's a huge thing. God wants you to joy, joy for the journey. He wants you to make sure you maintain joy. Your journey, every step of the way, not just here and there. If we're ambassadors for Christ, like it says in 1 Corinthians 5, if we're the salt of the earth, like it says in Matthew 5, if we're the light of the world, like in Matthew 5, then we have a responsibility to keep our joy at a high level. Because when our joy wanes, our light wanes. Our saltiness wanes. Our ability to be ambassadors wanes. It, it, what happens is when you lose your joy, you fail to see the provision of God at work in you and for you. 
you have decided to look at the wrong thing. If you look at something bad long enough, your joy level is just going to go right down. When you consider the circumstances instead of the promise, your joy level is not going to be where it's supposed to be. You're looking at all the wrong things. And again, you've lost your peace. You lose your peace. Confusion comes in. Just, just all the stuff that goes with confusion comes in. And you can't hear God if he was standing right in front of you with a megaphone. You just can't do it. What else does it do? It keeps you from fulfilling the plan of God for your life. If you don't have any joy, you won't take the next step. You won't even know what the next step is. If you don't know what the next step is in this race, in this journey, then you're going nowhere fast. Listen, it's, it's one thing to go out for a walk, and it's another thing to just get on a treadmill. You know, I don't want to just stay on a, on a spiritual treadmill my whole life and see nothing. I want to, I want to be out there where, where I can enjoy the journey where I can enjoy the changing landscape, where I can enjoy all the the variations of things that God has in store for me, all the wonderful things I will miss if I'm just on a spiritual treadmill all the time. There are folks, you know, who just, their whole lives are just kind of wrapped up in me. As long as you're wrapped up in you, you will never find joy because that's not the source of your joy. It can't be. Because you are not what God has intended for you to rely on. He intends for you to rely on him. He intends for you to rely on him so completely and trust him so well that you can just go, huh, okay, whatever. When the devil comes at you with all these things and he comes in with some great thoughts, he comes in with some great plans, he comes in with some great things to, he wants to show you and, and he says he'll do to you and this is going to happen, all that. And if you've got your joy up here, you just look at him and go, really? I don't think so. Not today. Not today. Not tomorrow either. You know, not, we're not going to have that. Not going to happen. You know, the old the cartoon that they, had, they put out years ago, this little cartoon character going, the devil said, what? And he's just laughing. There's your joy level right there. That's what your joy level ought to look at. The devil said, what? That's like somebody trying to tell you that the sky is purple. What? You, know, you, you laugh at something that's that ridiculous. We need, to, we need to take what the devil says as totally ridiculous. And the best way we can do that is when our joy level is up here and we cannot be convinced of anything other than what God has already said. Well, how about this? A lack of joy keeps you from really taking your place in the body. I, you know, when I wrote that down, I, be, I began to, to think of, of all the different places that people serve in the church, in the local body. Not just this one, but just any, any local body. And if, if I talked to one pastor, I could talk to a hundred, I could talk to a thousand. Every pastor around could say the same thing. 
You can look at somebody who's fulfilling a position in the local church, and you can tell when they've lost their joy. Why? Because they come in unprepared. They come in not focused on what they're supposed to be doing. They come in with an attitude like we're really putting them out by asking them to work in a particular place. (laughs) Like it's no big deal. Listen, it's a big deal to serve in any place in the local church. Well, well, why? Because God has asked you to, number one. Because God needs you, number two. He wants you to help him fulfill the plan for that local body. To fulfill the vision he has given that local pastor. And so often, you know, we lose our joy in serving because we lose sight of the fact that it is an honor to serve in the local church. It is an honor for God to place us in areas to minister to other people. And no matter what you do, whether it's ushering, greeting, video, audio, children, whether it's coming up here to pray during the week, no matter what it is, that is a place of honor as far as God is concerned. And too many times people come in when they have lost their joy about something. It has nothing to do necessarily with church. It has nothing to do with the job they're doing. It's just that they've lost their joy maybe in, in another arena of their life. But, but that loss of joy comes in with them and affects their ability to minister with the attitude, with the heart, with the purpose, with the mind that God intends for them to use to do it. You're not being a blessing. I asked the Bible school students in, in uh, California one year, I said, are you a, an advantage or a disadvantage to God? Are you a, a liability or an asset? Sometimes people come in because their life is not where it ought to be. Their joy level is not where it ought to be. They come in and they're more of a liability in the local body than they are a help. Mm. Why? Because if you're a greeter at the door and you've got a loss of joy, then you're not going to be as friendly as you need to be. You're going to be so focused on you that you're not focused on that visitor or that other brother and sister in the Lord and you won't do what God won't need you to do. There is Holy Ghost anointed greeting. There is Holy Ghost anointed ushering. There is Holy Ghost anointed sound management. There is Holy Ghost anointed video management. There's Holy Ghost anointed singing. Because when you come in, though you're not assigned to a particular job at any one service, you do come in with an assignment. Your assignment when you walk in here and take your place in one of those seats is to pull on the anointing and to put in everything that the anointing needs to grow in this service and for God to be able to do what he wants to do in any service. You are you are on assignment. We just don't have your name on the helps list. Maybe we should put a big list out there that said, helps ministry. If you're breathing, you're in the helps ministry. 
You have an assignment. There's a Holy Ghost anointing on you when you come in here. And you think, well, I'm just sitting in the back. I'm sitting in the middle of a bunch of people. Nobody's really going to notice. God notices. The praise and worship team notices. The pastor notices. And most everybody else notices. You can't hide. I know what it's like to try to hide. I don't want to be here. But I showed up. Be grateful. (laughs) You're not making God's day just because you showed up. But your lack of joy affects a lot of things. It's not just affecting your life. It's affecting the lives of countless people that you encounter. It's affecting the ability of God to do what he wants to do in any given situation, whether it's, just a, whether it's in the middle of a congregation or a one-on-one encounter. If you can't serve the Lord with gladness, change it. Change it. It really does hinder your, infl- your ability to influence others. You ever been around people who are constantly are down in the mouth? Oh. Everybody takes one look at them and runs the other way. It's like, I need to go say hello to them. I need to just, and, and, but do I have to, Lord? Because they're just such a Debbie Downer. Oh, Lord, I'm just going to get the same answer all the time. Listen, when somebody walks up to you and says, how are you doing today? It's not the opportunity. Because, well, you just don't know what I've been going through. You just don't know what it's like at my house. You just don't know what I've, what I've had to endure at work this week. That's the opportunity for you to speak some faith-filled words. I'm not talking about lying. I'm talking about speaking some faith-filled words. Is there a time in life that you need some encouragement? You need some, you need some steady from somebody? Yeah, but it's not 99% of the time. It's not. I promise you, it's not. We need people who know how to maintain their joy for this journey. Because the journey you're on is not just your personal journey. When we come together, it's a journey that we're on together. And how we let our joy or lack of impact us also impacts somebody else. I, I mean, I know I, I'm not telling you anything that I don't need to hear myself. There are times when I just, I, you know, I'm just over, you know, and here in the last few months, it's just been times when I'm just overwhelmed by all the things that are going on that I've got to deal with that nobody has any answers for, it seems like, except, you know, they want me to, they're looking at me to find answers and solve problems and do all this stuff. And there's just been times when I'm just like, oh, Lord, I'd rather be anywhere but here right now. But you know what? I am here. And so... Stick that back there. Just leave it alone. Leave it in the office. Leave it at home. Leave it. Just give it. You know, God has never failed me yet. He's never disappointed me one time. When I came in spite of how I felt, mentally or physically, either one, and I put my effort into him, into his service, into what he wanted to do, and left going, man, that was a real waste of my time. Never. Never. But it has to come out of the heart. It has to be a heart full of joy. 
You know, and it, and it affects your, your interaction with others. I, I, you know, I've already probably said this. You know, it certainly affects your awareness of somebody else's needs. Joy will keep you mindful of other people. A lack of joy will, will just keep you focused on you. I, I, I remember one time this, this, this had two families in the church. And, and this one lady was just going on and on about her problems to this other family who I knew were struggling financially. I'm not, I'm not talking about a little bit of struggle. I'm talking about a lot of struggle. When they, when they had only enough food to feed their three children and the two of them ate popcorn. And this lady over here is just going on and on about all these little woes she's got with this and that. And they were not anything like with this other family. And yet they stood right there and they smiled at her and they encouraged her. Why? Their joy was up. Their joy level was up. Her joy level was not to be found. She was clueless, clueless that there was anything going on in their lives. If her joy level had been where it ought to be, God could have said, you know what? Maybe you should hand them a $20 bill. Maybe you should give them a gift card. Maybe you should do that. But she was clueless, totally clueless. And when I heard about it later, I just thought, Lord, you're so patient and merciful. I would not have been if I were you. You know, there's just times you're just honest. God, I would not have been as merciful to that person as you are to her every single day. That's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Get my joy level back up. Uh, And it affects your ability to, to just deal with people in a godly way. Mm -mm -mm. When my joy level is not where it ought to be, I could be known to be grumpy. I could be known to be short-tempered. I I can be known to be irritable. Does that describe anybody else in this room? Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, we have have opportunities, you know, uh, to uh, put on an image, you know, around other people. But the people who know us best, the people who go home with us, they know. They know. And you'd be surprised how many other people know too. (laughs) That maybe you're not always so sweet. Maybe you're not always so kind. Maybe you're not always so thoughtful. But I'm telling you what, when my joy level is suffering, the way I handle people suffers. It's not maybe in, just at home. You know, maybe it's out in, you know, just in dealing with business things. And, you know, and it's not somebody else's fault that you know, this didn't get done or that didn't get done. They're, they're just a customer service rep. They got nothing to do with this. You know, they're just having to listen to this. Nonsense. You, ever, you ever been there? You uh, were not as kind to that customer service person on the phone as you should have been because your joy level was having a struggle that particular day. But I'm telling you, you know, when we, when we honestly understand that God wants us to have joy for the journey, that journey is an every day, every moment of the day journey. He wants you to be joyful in it at all times. Because it affects not just you. 
it affects, you, you, the ripple effect goes far and wide of how much it affects. You owe it to your brothers and sisters in the Lord to come in here with your joy level up. You owe it to your father to come. He has called you into this place. He has a divine appointment with you. He has called you for a holy purpose when you come in here. We should be happy and grateful and honored to have the opportunity to come and meet with him and experience his presence. And to do that to the fullest means we have to have our joy level where it ought to be. Uh, Some of you will remember this, but a few years ago I was talking about joy and I ran across this in my notes today, a couple of things. Actually, I don't even know where I got this particular. It sounds like something Mark Hankins would have said, but because I didn't write down who I got it from. And it says, keeping your joy level full is a demonstration of your expectation that will bring a manifestation. Let me say that again. Keeping your joy level full is a demonstration of your expectation that will bring a manifestation. You know, if, if, if you're going through something, there's answers that you need, there's, there's problems that need to be solved. Listen, keeping your joy level where it needs to be will cause that to become, that, that de- it's, it's a demonstration of your expectation that, that you've, got, you've got that answer. You've got it. And then the other thing I found in those notes from several years ago is life is like a roller coaster. You remember that? Yeah, some of you remember that. Only crazy people ride roller coasters. I'm not one of them. Uh, I, just, I just can't, the, the thought of a roller coaster, even the kitty roller coaster is not, not for me. Give me one of those spinning things, but not a roller coaster. So, so life is like a roller coaster. You put your hands up in the air. Going up, you put, keep your hands in the air going down. But here's the thing. No matter whether life looks like it's going up or it looks like it's going down, you're strapped into the presence of God. You're buckled in to this, to this contraption here. You're buckled into the life of God. Not a contraption, but you're buckled into the life of God. You know, it says over in, in Psalm 18 that, we, that he's the buckler for us. He's buckled us in. We're not coming out. We are safe and secure in him in the life that he has put on the inside of us. And so, doesn't matter whether we're going up, doesn't matter if it looks like things are going down. You can put your hands in the air and shout for joy all the way up, all the way down because it really doesn't matter which direction things are going. All that matters is that you're safe. You're protected. You're surrounded by his angels. You have every answer you need. Everything that, that God has said is yours, it belongs to you. You are full of the life of God. The joy of the Lord is your strength and that there is joy in the journey. And when it's all over and we get to the end of this life, we can look back and honestly, if we've kept our joy where it needs to be, just like with that roller coaster, you get off and go, man, that was fun. That was fun. People might look at you and say, are you crazy? Yeah, just like those crazy people who ride that roller coaster. Yeah, it was fun because I enjoyed myself the whole way.
because of the joy of the Lord that was on the inside of me. He wants you to experience joy every single day. Joy in the journey. Joy for the journey. Joy in the middle of the journey. Joy at the end of the journey. Joy, 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 joy. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. Hallelujah. Well, you got six minutes to be joyful. See, there's something to rejoice about tonight. I'm, I'm done. Six minutes early. <laughs> it's real, folks. It's not pie in the sky. It's not just some, some craziness that some, some pet pastor talks about. It's real stuff. There is a reality of the joy of God, the joy of the Lord, that we need to find ourselves in every single day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Start your day that way. You might find out that the devil can't take your joy level and and make it go down. He can't rob you of it. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.